not having run in that long really made me even more grateful for what running is. And just to be able to run a mile is such a gift. Diz Runs Radio, episode 1008, starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all, one quick announcement before we dive into today's episode of the show. Just a uh, last announcement or last reminder, at least here on the podcast, that uh, coming up on New Year's Day, which as this episode goes out, is just a handful of days away, the uh, second annual Diz Runs New Year's Fat Ass will be kicking off at the strike of midnight in whatever time zone that you're in. And uh, if you want to join us, we'd love to have you. The more, the merrier. I'm going to be giving away some prizes to those that participate. Pretty sure everybody that participates will get a free consult call. So if you know, if you might want a little bit of a chit chat at some point during the next year, uh, maybe or at least just want to have one in your pocket just in case. All you got to do is run a 5K on New Year's Day or multiple 5Ks. You don't get multiple calls per 5Ks that you run, but you know you get more entries into winning prizes for more 5Ks that you run. So if, you, if you're so inclined, head over to the Facebook group, disruns.com slash Facebook. Uh, find the post that, that'll be tagged or it'll be easy to find. Um, kind of has all the rules and regulations, all the things to keep in mind. And uh, the fun gets underway Saturday, 1 January 2022, second annual Diz Runs New Year's Fat Ass. Come join us. And uh, now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, my uh, guest today is a lady that I've chatted with on Twitter several times over the past, I don't know, several months through maybe a year or more. We've been kind of casually interacting back and forth. And uh, I finally kind of came to my senses, as is often the case, uh, to be like, hey, why don't we have like a proper conversation, try to get her on the show, and uh, here we are. And as sometimes is the case, sometimes it's, it's contrived, sometimes it really is just kind of, uh, you know, just works out perfectly, that uh, the timing is right because... Today's guest just recently, in the last month or so as we're recording this, uh, finished her first marathon. So clearly, that'll be one thing that we'll talk about today, and who knows what else. But uh, one way or another, we'll figure it out and, and get the party started by uh, officially welcoming uh, Miss Goldie Van Horn to the show. So Goldie, thanks for joining us today, and, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, looking looking forward to it. And uh, guys, if you enjoyed today's conversation, you want to connect with Goldie on on the social medias. Like I said, Twitter is where I first connected with her, but she's also on Instagram. Same handle, both places, at gvan605, at gvan605. All one word, no spaces, no underscores, none of that nonsense. Just at gvan605 on Twitter, on Instagram. And uh, as per usual, you know, if you need some links or you want to see some photos or anything like that from anything that we talk about today, disruns.com slash 1008, disruns.com slash 1008 will get you back to the show notes for today. Everything linked up as per usual. So uh, Goldie, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with um, what I think is a pretty simple question. Uh, sometimes it's an easy one to answer. Sometimes it's a little bit, you know, a little bit difficult because there's a lot of good options out there, but it gives us a great launching point for the conversation. And that's just to simply ask, 
What is your favorite distance to race and why? I really enjoy the half. I like that it's something that you actually have to train for, but it's not something that completely takes over your life like I recently found the marathon does. Yeah, the, the marathon definitely uh, has, a, has a tendency to, to take take over a little bit and probably for that reason, among among others, uh, the half is is probably the most common answer right. to that question because yeah, you know it's 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 certainly a good challenge. It's, it's something that's that's fun. It's it's not too quick of a of a race, but uh, you know something that that you can do and still live a pretty pretty full life at the same yes. time while while you're training. Still a great sense of like accomplishment that. finishing a half as well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, how'd you get started in the sport of of running, Goldie? Is it something that's been a long part of your life? I'm an adult onset runner. I started uh, running a little more than seven years ago when I had been going to the gym, doing workout DVDs, all that, and I just decided that I wanted a new challenge. So I said, I'm going to run a 5K in the spring, and this maybe the 5K I had picked was maybe seven months later. So started running with some friends I knew who were runners and. Hated it for a while, then I kind of tolerated it, then I felt like, I love it, I need it. And people had told me that it's addictive, and I didn't believe them until I found myself addicted. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, another common kind of, well, for some folks, some folks, it's, it's the, the crazy folks, it's the instant you know, love at first sight or love at first run type of situation. Like, mm-hmm. I just tried it, and it was fantastic. Um, I'm right there with you. It was, it was a, a qu- acquired taste, to say the least. Right. Um, but, but for those like myself and, and apparently like you as well, I'm always a little bit curious, you know, when, when, when you hated it at first, what, what, I mean, I get the idea of like, oh, I, I think I might try to run this 5k and I've got plenty of time, but like, if you're not enjoying it, why, why stick with it in the early days? Well, I'm a very determined person. My husband would say that I'm stubborn. <laughs> um, once I have a goal in mind, I'm going to do whatever I can to achieve that goal and not let myself off the hook. So, so yeah. All right. So you, you stick with it. Um, did, did you, you know, in that, in that timeline of going from hate it to, eh, you know, whatever it, it is, what it is to starting to like it. Um, were you at the, at the like it stage before the race hit or? I was. Or, Okay. Yeah, I was. Okay. And it really helps that I had friends who were runners and they were all incredibly encouraging, you know, walking and running for the first several times. And I went out and friends who would give me tips or show me their favorite route. And they were so fantastic and supportive. And I've really found that so much in the running community, both in person and online, that no matter what your pace, no matter what your goals, that other runners are just going to support you in that. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. The, the community around the sport, again, both, both online and in person, like you said, it's, it's, um, it's pretty awesome. Just, just the role that, that the peer pressure Usually the good peer pressure. Every once in a while, it's it's not so good peer pressure because it gets you to sign up for silly races that you never would have done on on your own. Um, which maybe that's the marathon story. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll get to that eventually. Um, but but so you're starting to to enjoy the sport. How how was that that first 5K, that first race day experience? It was a really great feeling of accomplishment. You know that I had set this goal and that I did it, and then that I realized like, hey, I'm not going to stop. Why would I stop? I'm really enjoying this, and that was. I think that was in May of 2015 and that I ran my first half. So I ran that in September of 2016, I think that was. And that was about two years after I started running. 
And um, a friend and I had decided that we were going to do that together. She and I are good friends from college, but didn't live near each other. So we picked one that was kind of in the middle and did that for both of us as our first half marathon. And I remember even maybe three, four miles into it and texting another friend and saying, I hate this. And then within three weeks, I was signed up for another one. Yeah. Yeah. As as a few of us can probably uh, relate to. Um, but with with that timeline, if I'm if I'm hearing it correctly, um, not, and certainly I don't mean this in any type of bad way, kind of a drawn out introduction mm-hmm. to running and, and climbing the ladder, as opposed to some folks who it's like, you know, they, they start couch to 5k and they're already signed up for a, a half marathon or a marathon or, or something like that and, and really progress quickly. Um, I like the idea of the slower progression. I, I think that, you know, it, it, it can go a long way towards um, maybe trying to pr- hopefully inhibit some overwhelm right. or some burnout yeah. and, and try to keep the injuries under control. Were those first couple of years leading up to that first half marathon relatively smooth sailing for you? I would say so. Yeah. Uh, there weren't any other races. I did the first 5k that I had done as my first 5k. I did the following year. And then I kind of got to the point where, all right, I'm enjoying this. I'm not a fast runner by any means. So speed is not the name of my game, but distance is very enjoyable to me. You know, and, and you say that, and, and as, as have a lot of, and, and I, I guess I, I, I always kind of smile when, when somebody says I'm not, you know, speed isn't my thing or I'm not super fast. I like, I like the endurance side of it as opposed to the speed because speed's such a relative thing. Right. And, and for some folks, what's fast is slow and vice versa. Um, and so I, I guess I just kind of always feel like I need to, to point that out, which I probably don't because everybody's heard me say that a, a half a dozen times. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, there's, there's something about, not worrying about everybody else's paces and not worrying about everybody else, what they're doing. Um, and just, and just running your own thing. And if it's longer and slower, so be it. If there's walking mixed in, not a problem. If it's, if it's going hard the whole way, cool. And, and that's, you know, again, kind of one of those, those beauties of our sport where you can, you can do it with the whole, but you can really make it your, your, your own thing, your own. Absolutely. And this is why, um, when I talk to somebody about, especially a marathon, I like to ask them, were you happy with your time? Not what was your time? I had someone who asked me a few days after I had completed mine when I mentioned it, you know, because we have to mention it as often as we can that we've run a marathon. Mm-hmm. And when I had told him that I ran it and he immediately asked, what was your time? Almost like there was a side of judgment if my time didn't start with a two or a three. Mm. And to me, just completing the marathon was fantastic in and of itself. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's no question about that. And, and, um, you know, however long it takes you or however quickly you, you get through it, um, as far as I'm concerned, you're, you're now part of club 26.2 or club 13.1 or whatever, whatever distance it was, whatever new, new milestone you achieved. Um, and everything else is just details that, you know, Sometimes they matter depending on goals and things like that. Like you said, how do you, how do you feel about your time? I think that's a, a, a wonderful question because, you know, you can be excited or disappointed or kind of, eh, it was about what I anticipated, but at the end of the day, you still did it. And that's what matters the most. Right. And even asking someone, how did you feel about your time can open up more of a conversation with, you know, how did the race go? You know, why was your time? What it was perhaps rather than just, you know, was it according to the person who's asking a good or a bad time? And then, and then going back to what we kind of just talked about a little bit, or I guess I kind of soapboxed about it, about fast and slow and like whatever's fast and whatever's slow. Like it, when, when you put somebody on the, on the spot of what was your time, it's, that's when, at least in, in my experience, both probably when asking and also when being asked, you get defensive. Yes. Like, oh, well, it was only, it was only whatever trying to 
downplay the fact that like maybe it was a PR, but you know you're trying to, to maybe dim the light on it, which is which is not not what should be happening. Exactly. So you you run the first the first half marathon um, with with a friend, which is which is a great way to do it, and um, you know kind of coming together and, and experiencing it together. Um, after a couple of years of running. What what was what was next? I mean, was it was it? It sounds like a couple a couple few half marathons mm-hmm. kind of mixed in over the, the next few years. Um, did did you and, and here we go try to, to to just say that that hey you know happy with your time whatever. But you know as as you kept running them, were you getting competitive with yourself at all, trying to go faster, or kind of what was what was the the game plan over the next few years of running half marathons? Um, I got got into a good routine where I liked to do a big fall race and a big spring race big for me being half marathons or in one case uh, a 10 mile race and typically ones that were you know within a few hours drive so it would be a little away trip as well with the family or with just my husband and I so I enjoyed doing that as I was training for um, a half marathon in September of 2019 I started to feel while I was out on one of the later training runs, I'm like I, I could do more than this. Like, you know, I want to just kind of mm-hmm. one day just go for a 15 mile run and see how it feels. And that's kind of what really started turning the wheels in my head that, hey, maybe I could do a marathon. I had never had the desire for many years to do one. But then it was the thought of what could I do? Be careful. That's that's a slippery slope of what could I do? I know. That's what I hear. <laughs> so, so you, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so, so you kind of get this idea of like, I wonder, you know, could I th- start thinking about maybe pushing on just a little bit longer than, than 13 miles in the training? When did, when did you kind of, you know, whether it was putting the flag down or, or really start to, to get serious about, Hey, maybe it's, maybe I want to dip my toes in the marathon water. So it was in those few months after that, then I was thinking about it more and more and I got to the point where I thought you know I feel like I could do one now and I don't want to not do it now and then regret it later in life Mm. when I look back at life when I'm 80 90 years old and I say you know I could have run a marathon then I should have done it and then it's too late Right. right so I registered, uh, I should say, I researched marathons and put a lot of thought into which one I would pick for a variety of reasons. Indianapolis, excuse me, Monumental Marathon. um, And I registered for that. It was actually New Year's Eve of 2019 because they had a special discount Mm -hmm. if you were among the first to register when they opened it up then. So, you know, the uh, ball is dropping. Everyone's celebrating. And there I am on my phone registering. (laughs) (laughs) So little did I know that because of COVID and a knee injury and surgery, it would be uh, 20. I would run that marathon. I registered for that night. Yeah, that's uh, a little bit of a time lag from from sign. Obviously, you don't know what you know. Nobody knows what the future holds. and, And certainly if we can go back two years. Nobody really anticipated anything like like what happened as far as or at least very few people were anticipating any type of global pandemic and shutdowns and, and things like that. Um, but you mentioned a knee injury as well. Which which came first, the, the chicken or the egg or the, uh, you know, the, the, the knee injury or the, the pandemic to, to really kind of put the, the brakes on the marathon plans? So the pandemic really hit when everything started shutting down was mid-March of 2020 mm-hmm. and uh the nail in the coffin for my meniscus happened probably within two weeks. So I kind of lost that outlet as um, 
wow. you know, the mental outlet of running during that time. So my doctor had said that it was probably tearing over time, but it was mm-hmm. while I was out on a run that I felt the, um, I guess the final tear in it right. and limped the last right. mile home and ended up being off running for eight months between doctor appointments and trying to figure out what's wrong and physical therapy and eventually surgery. Not having run in that long really made me even more grateful for what running is. And just to be able to run a mile is such a gift. Oh, for sure. And and it's something that, um, if I'm honest, I'm, I'm probably guilty of losing sight of at times of, of you know, just part of the daily routine and, and, and almost, yep. you know, pretty easy to take for granted. And then when, when you can't do it for shoot, when I can't do it for a couple few days, cause I'm sick or cause I'm traveling or there's some type of, of random minor inconvenience at most, it's like, Oh God, I can't wait to get out there. And so yeah, eight, eight months, whoo, goodness gracious. That's, that's a, a long time to, especially with all that's going on in the world at the time. Um, it was really hard. Yeah. I, I, I can't even begin to imagine, but as, as you're getting, as, as the recovery is happening, knees getting stronger, the surgeries is, is gone well. Um, everybody that maybe not everybody, that's a bold way to, to, to pose a question, but many people that have dealt with injuries or long layoffs for any number of, of reasons, um, get really concerned about, I lost all my fitness. I'm starting from square one. It's going to take me forever to get back. Um, obviously after eight months, like there is going to be some, some reduction in fitness, but, but how long did it take you to kind of really get back into a groove and start to feel strong again? And, and, and maybe to kind of reset and go, you know what, maybe, maybe this marathon next year, it, it, like maybe this is something I can do. It took a good couple of months. My doctor had told me that I would probably be running in four to six weeks. For me, that was a gross overestimate, overestimation. So I tried to start after about eight weeks, still had some pain, so really frustrated, but backed it off for about another month. So then after three months, it felt good enough that I started really making my comeback with walk, run, definitely a slower pace, but Mm -hmm. even more so then I really didn't care about it as long as I was running in, in any fashion. I was happy with that. I didn't know how my knee would hold up. And that was always the big thing for me. If I would go for the marathon would be, well, if my knee tolerates the training, because I knew that was going to be huge. So I started really trying to have a smart recovery, a slow buildup, nothing crazy, nothing major miles. And then I had set my goal of a 10 mile run in late March of 2021, which would approximately coincide with uh, a year since my injury. So I had a, and he and I were building up the mileage each week. And so then that day I finally did the 10 mile run and that felt great to me. That was like saying to my knee, like, all right, like we got this, like we can do it. So I was still definitely nervous while the, the training ramped up for the marathon in the summer, but I didn't even realize until after I ran the race, we were walking back to our hotel that day. And I thought I didn't even think about my knee at all. And that was amazing. Yeah, that's that's certainly a, a big part of the a big hurdle to clear in terms of the recovery of really putting it behind you once and for all when you when you're able to to do something especially like that you know run it run a marathon and not even think about this injury that that had you sidelined for so long um, it had to be once once you realized that you hadn't thought about it it had to be quite quite the relief of like or I would imagine like chapter closed moving on for sure and i mean when i look back and it was about 13 months after i had the surgery then i ran the marathon i would not have anticipated that so 
backing up just well not backing up but but getting like we're not just going to gloss over the marathon at at that point (laughs) don't worry i wouldn't let you do that (laughs) yeah good 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 we're on the same page then so um you know the 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 race obviously gets postponed due to due to the pandemic it was probably already pretty well clearly postponed for you because of the knee timing worked Um, out well in that case for sure timing yeah it, it absolutely did so you get back you know like you said about a, about a year after the injury, you do the 10 miles and, and I'm imagining at that point starting to think that, that the marathon is, is maybe it's back on, maybe this is something that I can do. Um, as, as the miles were progressing, uh, through, through the summer, um, how was, how, how was the, the mindset of, of looking forward to the marathon, nervous, anxious, excited, all of the above, like kind of, kind of what was, what was going through your mind as, as you you're, ramping up slowly but but steadily towards the the marathon goal i was definitely looking forward to it and a little apprehensive when i had seen you know some other races get canceled and thought i don't want to get too close to the end of this training plan and then have it get canceled again once everything had started you know ramping up with the delta variants Mm -hmm. and everything like that and a little nervous in training about how my body would handle it but i was handling it well and just really decided to go for it. I had a Hal Higdon training plan that I had used his training plans for my half marathons. So decided to go with that for the marathon as well. And what really felt like the biggest deal to me was the 15 mile training run, because that was the furthest I had ever run. Mm -hmm. So when I hit that, that day, like going into that day, I'm like, this is further than I've ever run. Busting through that felt huge. And then the 16 and the 18 didn't feel like as big of a deal to me. The 15 and the 20 were the big deals on the training plan. But mm. I'm super proud of myself that I didn't miss a single training run in that 18-week plan. Four days of running, and I did one day of strength training each week as well. And that, to me, is almost as much of an accomplishment as running the marathon. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, not to dismiss the marathon, but that's showing up one day, you know, showing up four or five days a week for, for 18 weeks. That's, that's definitely a, a huge accomplishment. And, and, um, I, again, I don't want to make any bold, too bold of, of proclamations, but I feel like, I mean, shoot, as, as a coach, it's rare that too many of my folks don't have a week where something goes a little bit sideways and you miss a, miss a run here. There's, it's very rare that that doesn't happen to me as well. So, you know, again, kudos, kudos to you for, for you. ticking all the boxes and, and, um, making it happen. So you get to, you get to Indianapolis race weekend. Um, again, I, I guess maybe the same question as I asked while the training was ramping up, what's going through the mind, excited, anxious, nervous, all of the above kind of what's, what's the mindset, you know, that lasts 24, 36 hours before the race kicks off. I was really super excited and I don't think it, hit me, you know, running the marathon and the full distance until I was actually running it and a few miles into it, like, oh, wow, I'm going to run 26 miles today. So I was just thinking of it as kind of like the training is done. I know that I'm ready for this. So nothing is going to stop me now. Yeah, my my that um, inc- lines up with my inclination, not that my inclination is worth anything, but just from seeing some of the tweets and some of the stuff on social media, like it seemed like you were you were as as ready and in, in the best, as, as good of a place as you could probably hope for, for the first, the first marathon, at least that's what the, the tweets were conveying. So good to hear that, that was yes. pretty well lined up. Um, so, so take us through the race. I mean, not, not necessarily mile by mile, but kind of how did, how did it go? Um, you know, what was, I assume 
just because again, it happens to a lot of folks at some point it got a little bit tough. It got to be a little bit of a grind, but uh, you know, how did, how did the day shake out for you? So it went well. I was definitely super excited as things kicked off. I had a friend, actually a friend from Twitter who we had interacted in this race, not together, but I knew he would be a little bit ahead of me because we had different goals for the race. So we had met up at the beginning in the corral and chatted for a bit. And then the race kicked off. He went on a little bit ahead and I soon started chatting with the one other woman who was running my pace. And we just really clicked and we ran the first 16 miles together. So she was a local, which was great because it was kind of like having a, my personal tour guide, you know, she'd point out different buildings or landmark just really made the miles fly by. The course was fantastic. The crowd support was incredible more than I hoped for, for sure. So my quads started hurting right about mile 11, which was Mm. definitely unexpected. That hadn't happened to me in training. I don't know exactly what happened there, but I was just kind of grinding it out, like you had said. And then I hit the point where it becomes mental, like everybody talks mm-hmm. about at maybe mile 18 or 18 and a half. And that was the point where I was like, I still got another hour and a half or so to keep running. I know I have all these people who are tracking me on the app. People are sending me texts. My dad's telling me, oh, I'm tracking you. So you just got to go for it at that point. So you tell yourself, I'm going to keep going and you keep going. Yeah, it's if if only it were always that easy. But that that's really what it, it comes down to is just is just grind it out, keep going, one foot in front of the other. Yes. Um, what was what was the feeling when you uh, crossed that finish line? Oh, that was amazing. Just from mile, probably about mile twenty six, and I rounded a corner, and some of the people who were the faster runners and had already finished, I could tell by the numbers on their bib, you know, where they had started the race so they were all back there lining the course and they were all cheering for everybody and that almost made me tear up you know that they wanted to come back and support the people who were finishing behind them and as I started coming down the corral and I said to myself you are about to finish a marathon you are a marathoner and just teared up I saw my family my husband and my daughters were there waiting cheering for me the announcer called my name mm. ran down the chute finished got the medal and you just can't put that feeling into words. It was truly incredible. Yeah, that's that's uh, kind of a, another parallel, I think, to, to some of my experiences. Like you said, it, like, I feel, and I feel like most people that that again, whether it's marathon or or half or whatever, anytime you stretch to a distance that that has always kind of seemed. Um, maybe unreachable or, or whether maybe not unreachable, not the right word, but whatever, like, like some big goal that you, that you work towards, uh, when you, when you get it, man, it is, it is hard to put in words, but you know, I'm sitting here smiling going, yeah, I know that I know the feeling. I, I don't know how yeah. to describe it, but I, I absolutely know the feeling. So, um, I also know the feeling and hopefully you don't, but I also know the feeling of post first marathon legs for a few days after, after the, the race gets over. How, how, uh, how were the legs? How did the body feel after going 26 Point two miles for the first time. It felt not as bad as I was expecting. I tell people that I felt like I thought I was going to feel like I was hit by a bus, but I really didn't feel that bad. My quads were sore for quite a few days. My feet hurt, you know, as mm-hmm. they're supposed to. So I back that up. I shouldn't say I, that I didn't feel that bad because I definitely. <laughs> <laughs> as I was expecting, it was more so in those certain places of my body. So I, you know, did all the stretching, did some gentle walking, um, got a sports massage a few days later, and that helped a lot. 
and I, I took a week off running, but I made sure to get out for as much gentle walking as I could. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, everybody's got kind of their own little recovery methods and I'm, I'm definitely a fan of taking, you know, at least a few days off, but something about that movement, whether it's the bike, whether it's a walk, whether it's a swim, kind of whatever, whatever floats your boat, but the active um, recovery is huge. It really, it really truly is. Um, one other question about, about the marathon before we, I, I don't know, maybe we'll, we'll keep talking about it a little bit more as well, but uh, I want to kind of turn back that, that question that you kind of posed earlier, at least the, the, the hypothetical about um, your time and were you happy with your time for your first marathon? I was happy with my time when I looked back to what my original goals were. My original goal was just to finish it, but I was capable of in training. I started to think I wanted to get under 530 and then I had thought maybe I could even get under 515 or the big stretch that I didn't even want to say out loud was under five hours. And I came in in 518.53. So I'm not going to lie that first night I was a little bummed thinking, Oh, I wish I could have been a little faster, whatever. Mm -hmm. But when I think about it now, I'm very happy with it because I know what I put into it. Yeah. And, and I don't know, maybe it's the, it's the human condition, but I feel like when, when you have multiple goals like that, and you come pretty close to a, a quote unquote higher, mm-hmm. higher level goal. So like, you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is if, if you would have finished at 528, you'd be like, oh, great. Faster than 540. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> but by being at, at, at 518, you're like, dang, I'm like three more minutes and I would have been at the next level goal as opposed to, you know, it's just one of those. those... Think about it with relation to how I was feeling at the end, mm-hmm. you know, when the quads were so sore, when I didn't want to keep going, but when I just pushed through and when I look at my splits and there was a bit of a drop off, but it's not like, you know, going from 11 minute miles to 20 mm. minute miles by any means. So the, the, the splits were not bad at all. So when I look at that, I see, Hey, you know, you did what you could. And I typically like to kind of pick up the pace in the marathon. It was just all I could mm-hmm. just keep on my steady pace. Well, in, in, you know, for whatever it's worth, if there's another marathon or multiple more marathons in your future, um, I feel like, and, and you know, maybe it's a, a N of one or an N of a small number scenario, but like the more times you do it, the easier it becomes to pick up a mm-hmm. little bit more towards the end because it's not all uncharted territory as opposed to the first time where maybe your longest run was 18 miles or 20. I know you said 20, you know, 20, something like that. Um, that last six miles is a long way to go when you've never been in that, in that place before. So the next time it won't be as, as unfamiliar and maybe you'll see your paces pick up just a little bit more towards the end. Maybe that would be great. Speaking of a potential next time. And I, I, every time I ask this question, which isn't that often, but I always have to preface it by saying, I hate asking the, the predict the future questions. Um, but, but do you see more marathons in your future or one and done or, or jury's still out on that whole topic? into this saying that I was going to be one and done that I just wanted to do it one time, but I definitely want to do it again. And I <laughs> told my husband that I knew I would because even that night that I, after I had finished the marathon, I wasn't saying, no, I'm never doing this again. So given that it was, um, three, four weeks ago and I'm feeling that I want to do it again, I'm pretty sure I will. <laughs> As, and now I know what to expect. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, you know, one of those beautiful things about once once running gets its, its towns in you, it, it doesn't really let go. And uh, you, you get, you know, wh- whatever distances those those might be. But yeah, the, the marathon is a, is a good, fun challenge. And, um, you know, if slash when you do it again, you know, 
you'll know what to expect. And so it'll be, uh, right. it'll be, it'll be a different experience because it won't be the first time experience, but anyway. Right. Um, and, I, and I really love the training being on the training plan really appeals to my, you know, organized layout that I like to see things. So mm-hmm. I, I look forward to doing that again. Yeah. That, and that's as you know, for for each their own, but I know some people almost like the training more than the race environment itself because it's structured, because it's some type of routine. You can look forward, you can tick boxes every every day or every couple of days, whatever your workout schedule looks like. And, and maybe it's it's still new enough that that you know the jury's still out. But do you feel like maybe you're that that type of person that likes the the training at least as much as the race, or was the race just still head and shoulders above the training? For me, I couldn't pick between the two of them. Hmm. I enjoyed the training and getting to run with a lot of different friends in my run club and some other friends uh, who would do a few miles with me, um, even if it wasn't, you know, hey, let's go run 16 miles. But hey, if you want to run six or 10, that's awesome. So that was great. And the race was great as well. So, you know, I really couldn't pick between the two of them. Gotcha. That's that's a good place to be because there are folks that – definitely prefer the races over the training. And when there's not a race on the horizon, it's, it's hard to stay consistent, which, mm-hmm. you know, it isn't the end of the world, but it, it sure makes it difficult to, to see the progress on race day. If that's something you're going towards when you kind of stopping and starting between every training cycle. So, you know, finding that, that happy medium where you enjoy the training for what it is, but also enjoy the, the race for the excitement and the spectacle and the, the, you know, environment. Um, I think, you know, again, for whatever it's worth, I feel like that's, that's the best place to be. And, and it sounds like you're kind of right, right in that, in that sweet spot. Yes, I did love the race. That was a fantastic experience, but the training was great too. And I'm good, still good, good. running just for the love of running. So that's good. Yes. Too. That's, and that's maybe the, the most important thing is that, that you enjoy the, enjoy the time out there, whether it's, whether it's alone or it's in, in, you know, with others in a group or whatever the case might be with one person. Um, but that's maybe where, where I'm, I'm kind of thinking about taking the last, the last few minutes of today's conversation, Goldie. And you mentioned it a few times, whether it's, it's running partners or, you know, friends that you've, you've run races with, um, the, the online community of, of, you know, social media and the online running community as well. Um, just kind of curious to, to maybe, you know, like I said, a couple of questions about the, the community side of, of running and, and maybe just the, the opening general question. Um, you know, how, how important is that community feel of running to, to you as an individual runner? That's a huge part of it for me. I'm a very outgoing and social person. So I have people who aren't runners who ask me, how do you talk? We're talking the whole time for the most part, unless it's, you know, a super dialed in speed work workout, but the community is just so huge. So um, my family and I moved to where we are in Michigan a little over two years ago, not knowing anybody. And we joined our local running club immediately. I ran with them maybe two days after we moved here for the first time and have gotten to know quite a few people through that. Now I joke that the majority of my friends are through my run club. (laughs) So that community is just fantastic to make friends through that, to have people support you through that. Even, you know, the online community, knowing that, you know, if I tweet something, people are going to support me in that. If I need that support or that and accountability, you know, that's, that's where you can find it. Yeah. It's, it's the community piece is is big, even for somebody who's as, you know, introvertedly introvert as, as I am, um, you know, whether it's, it's online, whether it's a, a, a running friend here and there, um, it's, it's, 
I don't know. It's something, something for me, at least that, that brings me out of my shell is, you know, talking to runners or being around runners. It's like, I don't mind that, but you know, put me in just a regular group of people and <laughs> rather not. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe like, like you kind of said both, both the in-person, the local running community and the, the online community have kind of separate, separate, uh, you know, they tick separate boxes for you or, you know, there's, there's, uh, they kind of have their different, um, you know, different roles that they play. Um, and I don't know, maybe this is the, the impossible question, but do you, do you prefer one over the other? No, I wouldn't say so. What I do love is when one can cross over to the other, when I can meet mm. a running friend from Twitter or Instagram um, to go for a run, especially, but even to just, you know, to just hang out is awesome as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's um, something that I've been fortunate enough to do a, a few times as well. And it is, it is fun when, when the worlds kind of collide and, and you're able to get together with some folks from the, uh, the online community and the real world community at the same time. Have, have you, I know you mentioned that, that for Indy, for the, for the marathon, you'd met somebody there. Have you had that opportunity multiple times or is it still kind of a, a, a few and far between where you've been able to bring the online world into the, into the real world with the, with the running community? No, it hasn't happened multiple times. There were a few people actually who I did meet at Indy one who I had started the race with one who lives in the area, but wasn't running. So I was able to meet them all at the expo, which was great. And then a few other times here and then that I've met people, but it's not super common by any means, but I definitely always think about that. You know, when I'm traveling for a race or whatever else think, Hey, who lives here? You know, who could I get together with? and meet in person and we tried to do it it just it didn't quite yeah we did you're right it didn't quite work out but you're where you live now in michigan is just uh, a couple hours from my hometown and so when i was visiting family this summer we were trying to line things up and it's like it's just close enough that like gosh we could probably do it but it's just far enough that like it's kind of a commitment to figure out the the right place to meet and times and and especially trying to visit family and uh, it's just right i know how that is when i go back and see my family so i imagine that you're pretty busy but maybe next summer we can work it out yeah absolutely i, I would i would love to make that happen so as we're getting to my uh, husband's getting used to me uh, referencing now when i just talk about you know my twitter running friend <laughs> or whoever he just sees it as par for the course now, yeah I think. yeah i feel like the first couple of times that i'd met met folks, um, you know, for whether it's at races or something local that happened to be in town together for or whatever, my wife was really kind of, you know, questioning, like, are you like, are you sure this whole meeting people in real life? Are you going to get murdered? Yeah. And, and, and it's like, no, no, they're just, a, they're a running friend from Twitter. Like they're a normal person. Don't worry. And, and, you know, sure enough, it's always been the case so far. Hopefully that will always be the case going forward. Let's hope so. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So as we're, as we're wrapping up today, Goldie, I'd, I'd love to uh, kind of close with, with something I call a philosophical question. Uh, basically just an open-ended, um, kind of like the introductory question. You can take it wherever you want, and that's where we'll kind of put the, put the stamp on things for today. But uh, just curious, you know, at, at this point in, in, in your life, having you know, started running six, seven years ago, uh, not really enjoying it at first, but kind of falling in love with it and, and really having it be a regular part of your, your life on multiple fronts these days, um, why do you still do it? Why, why is running still something that's important to you? Why is it something that you enjoy doing, get out there most days? Um, why is, why is running such a key part to your life? That's a great question. I discovered quickly, it was really good for me. It was good for me physically. You know, there's not much more bang for your buck in terms of calorie burning that you can get than running. I discovered, obviously, we've talked about at length, how I love the community. I feel like it's good for me mentally. 
I like that sense of accomplishment and I kind of have, you know, a goal each week that I want to hit. So for me, it's just the sense of accomplishment and knowing how good it is for me, both body and mind. Mm, 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 mm. Absolutely. And, and, uh, uh, I'm nodding along as, as you were saying that, because it's like, yeah, it's ticking all the same boxes for me and, and Lord knows for probably most of the folks listening as well. So, uh, Goldie, thanks for, uh, for, for taking the time today. Um, certainly, you know, congratulations once again on the first marathon. Welcome to club 26.2. Um, but, to, but again, uh, just thanks for the time and, and y'all that are listening, if you want to connect with Goldie, if you haven't done so already at GVAN605, GVAN605 on Twitter or, or Instagram or both, whatever works for you, uh, disruns.com slash 1008 to get you back to the show notes for today for anything that uh, we talked about that you might want to link to or that we will have linked to. If you want to check out, we'll have the links there as well with social media and all that good stuff as well. Um, so Goldie, thanks thanks for the time. Thanks for the, the conversations uh, over the last year or so on, on I guess, Twitter conversation. So a few little back and forths here and there as we went. Um, and, and like we said, hopefully, you know, next year or one of these years when, when, when we're up in Michigan or if you ever make your way down south, uh, we can get together and share some miles in person. But appreciate the time today and certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward. Thanks, Denny. It was great to chat with you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Goldie and myself. And as per usual, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your uh, takeaway du jour? Du jour. For me, there, there were several, several, there were definitely several things that stood out. Um, but but maybe the, the one that stood out to me the most and what I'm going to class as my takeaway for today was how patient Goldie was with getting ready for that first marathon. Obviously, with, between the pandemic, her knee injury, the surgery, that whole process, I mean, signing up for a race and then waiting almost two years to run it is, I don't want to say ridiculous, but it's it's impressive because knowing us as runners, not many of us have that kind of patience. Some of us might think we do. I might think that I might. But uh, yeah, signing up for a race, anticipating running it, you know, 11 months from now, turning into more like 22 months from now. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. That's a tough one. And yet, that's exactly what she did. And, and not only did she, she you know, kind of keep grinding it out, kind of roll with the punches of life, as, if you will, um, but maybe, and this is me putting my spin on it, but maybe she made the most of it. You know, obviously not making the most of it with the the knee injury and having to have surgery. I mean, that that just sucks. But having then additional time to train, additional time to get comfortable, to to get comfortable with the fact that her knee was healthy and to move forward and to get past that that fifteen mile hump, and then continue to build, get past the twenty mile hump. Like like instead of it being a rushed process, instead of it being that constant what's next and what's more that a lot of us probably have been through at various points that certainly I have been through at various points. She just kind of kept rolling with it, maybe even embraced that additional time to really build up a little bit slower, a little bit more strategically. And uh, clearly it paid off on race day with a, with a, not only a successful first marathon, but a first marathon where the knee wasn't a problem at all. And hopefully the, the meniscus injury that she had completely in the past done dusted never to be heard from again. But just, just uh, again, kind of going back to my takeaway, just, just the grace 
or the at least the grace that she shared. Maybe it wasn't quite as as, as uh, graceful in the moment of just kind of rolling with the punches, ebbing and flowing, doing the best to to adapt and adjust as as life did what life does. Um, but just a good reminder to me, uh, and, and again, my takeaway from today's episode to just try to do that as best I can when life necessitates that ebb and flow, that song and dance to, uh, to make, you know, to just roll with the punches, to do what you got to do when life does what it does. So that's my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? Would love to hear it. Uh, at Diz runs on Twitter at Diz runs on Instagram. You can send me a message either place. You can slide into the DMS. You can just leave it in out, out for the world to see whatever works for you works for me. You can also shoot me an email. Diz runs at gmail.com. And of course you can head over to the show notes for today, which you can get to at Diz runs.com. Diz runs.com. Yeah, that's, that's how, that's how websites work is, uh, Diz runs.com slash one zero zero eight disruns.com slash 1008 get you back there today links photos and of course there's that comment section down at the bottom let me know what you thought of today what your takeaway was if you're so inclined as to share one last call for uh the new year's day festivities the uh the second annual disruns new year's fat ass kicking off like i said midnight whenever the ball drops in your in your neighborhood it kicks off not that you need to do the midnight hour but i know a couple of you are probably going to do it um but at any point during the day as many or as few as you want each 5k on the hour uh gets you entered in gets you an additional entry into the giveaway for various prizes one is enough to get you a a free consult call so uh head over to the facebook group because that's where it all has to happen disruns.com slash facebook or just find the facebook group you know just search for the disruns tribe on facebook and you'll you'll end up there uh any questions let me know but check out the posts in the facebook group first because there's posts there rules hopefully well-ish explained um, we kind of just make this up i mean that's that is fat ass style in case you're unfamiliar with fat asses this is pretty pretty loosey-goosey um which is which is my cup of tea but uh we'll try to have some fun with it it, it worked out well i think last year hopefully this year will be even better uh but that's happening on new year's day Anyway, enough of that. Let's wrap this one up. Y'all, thanks for listening. Thanks for your time and attention. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, hit that share button. And until next time, y'all be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk to y'all soon, all right? Later.